welcome back to the SBP podcast, Mobile Filmmaking. You're listening to episode 152. And guess who I am? I'm your host, Susie Botello. On July 13th, 2021, I published an episode 103. It was called The Proximity of Film and Identity. And it starred <laughs> our guest for this show that's coming up in a couple of minutes here, uh, Brian Olson. Brian is an audio engineer, a filmmaker, and a storyteller. He is in South Africa. And when he was here the last time, um, he talked about uh, a summit that he, uh, an online summit, and it was a virtual summit, as a matter of fact. And that was in 2020. And we all know what happened in 2020. Um, and it was partially the reason why he attended that summit. But it inspired him uh, to start thinking about mobile filmmaking. And he made a film uh, which was in our film festival in um i think it was in 2021 or 2022 um whenever that was uh he made that film he submitted it to our film festival and he was also part of our mobile filmmaking community um after we met in the podcast um i'm going to add a link in this podcast to uh the article that i wrote most recently about the blair witch project because it was a game changer for filmmaking and um and he was part of an experiment uh that that we did and i i'm not going to say too much more about that because we're going to talk about that here in a couple of minutes but um yeah you're going to enjoy this so just kind of kick back chill (laughs) speaking of chill I heard it snowed in South Africa, so we're going to talk about that with uh, with Brian. Um, and uh, and while it may be snowing in South Africa, I don't know what the weather is like where you are, but it's really hot here in San Diego, in California, and all over the place. The weather is just a little wacky. Uh, so well, it's quite wacky. It's whacked. Okay, <laughs> so anyways. Um, let's go ahead and talk to Brian, shall we? South Africa where it's snowing like crazy, huh? Hi, Susie. How are you doing? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's the southern hemisphere. So we we obviously in winter, but it doesn't often snow in South Africa. Um, well, certain 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 parts in South Africa d- 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 do receive um, annual snow. But up in the, the close to Johannesburg, it it kind of snows like every 10 years uh so the other day we were traveling from the coast um went on a a mini um break with the family media break 
Um, and on our way back, it started snowing and we stopped the car and we took a couple of photos and some videos. Uh, and five minutes later, it was gone. There was no snow. It was like a, <laughs> like a quick, quick flash uh, snowstorm. And as soon as it stopped, as soon as it stopped, it was gone. As soon as the sun comes out in South Africa, it is it, it, nothing. Nothing stays. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. But, but it was a nice, nice experience for the kids. <laughs> my, my oldest son, he wasn't feeling too well, so he wasn't having it. He was like, "We can, <laughs> we can just go home and open up the fridge. There's a lot of ice in there." <laughs> oh. <laughs> so the, yeah. What they call so the was, party was, pooper. <laughs> yeah, sh- yeah. He wasn't, he wasn't feeling so good. So, Aww. but yeah, it was, it was cool. Everyone loved it. It was something to do. And yeah, then we came back home to Johannesburg to the most coldest day that we've experienced in a long time. <laughs> um, yeah, un- unusual weather patterns happening in and around the world. Uh, so, hey, everyone, this is uh, Brian Olsen. He has been in our podcast before. Quite some time ago, we were just joking, saying it was four years ago, <laughs> a little while ago, but... It hasn't been four years ago. I think it's been more like two years or something since. Uh, yeah, I think it was 2021. Yeah, it, it just feels like, you know, it was back in the 80s, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we were talking to Brian because uh, Brian's been a good friend of ours. Um, he, We met him basically because I reached out to him to be in the podcast because, you know, he was shooting... Um, documentary style, YouTuber style videos, right, about traveling. And um, and I thought that was really cool. And we met through this podcast, made a new friend. And uh, then I, he, uh, I don't know if you guys are aware or not, but I wrote an article about, you know what, I'll throw the link in there because I mentioned you. You mind, uh, Brian? Yeah, do All it. Right. No, because... Do it. Um, uh, that article, I did some extensive work with it. It took me a while to write it because I was referencing uh, the Blair Witch Project. And um, what happened was that Brian and a couple other people, uh, we teamed up at on Clubhouse, the audio app that um, is not as popular anymore, like, like a lot of things, right? And uh, we did this little exercise where we pretended, sort of, um, that uh, Brian and uh, Jason C. Marshall um, were, you know, the two the two guys from the Blair Witch Project, and we were going to go out and experiment and see if the Blair Witch Project could be shot with a smartphone today, as opposed to all the other cameras that they had. And it was a lot of fun. And uh, we had a conclusion. And I guess you'll have to read the article to find out what happened. Uh, but Brian was, um, I think he was Mike, was his name. Uh, you were the guy with the sound. Because, and the reason why I bring that up is because you're a you're an audio engineer. Sound engineer. Sound yep. engineer, yes. Which is yep. incredibly awesome. And one of the reasons why uh, Brian is back in our podcast is because, well, I always find a great excuse to bring people back, right? Uh, but Brian uh, made this uh, this film. Uh, I'm going to call it a film because it's beautiful. Um, 
last it was last year, right? Uh, which one you, you the elements to? of movement? Uh, it was actually this year. Oh, it was this year. It's, See, time is just yeah. It's very fresh. Very um, fresh. I think I made it in 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 May of 2023. Wow. Well, it's a beautiful, beautiful. We're we're gonna put uh, in the notes the link to that and also the link to his, the making up the BTS video as well. Yeah. Um, you know the sound on that video was excellent as well. Uh, oh, thank you. Yes, of course it was because you did it. Uh, why don't you yeah. share with our listeners, you know, a little bit about how you came about to even uh, shoot that video, what inspired you or motivated you or whatever, you know, uh, how you got to yeah. make that video. And also yeah. a little bit about the making of that video. Um, very, very interesting um, process uh, of actually making that video because I, I always wanted to do a, a, a short film or, uh, you know, in, in, in that kind of format with, with dancers and, 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 you know, people that are very talented. So just a quick story. Uh, Elements of Movement is actually the name of the dance studio that um, I partnered with. Uh, with the three girls um, that is in uh, the the short film and they are highly talented uh, girls that have been dancing together since they were very young Um, ballet right uh, it's 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 contemporary free movement kind of dancing it's not really ballet to be honest with you Um, if you watch that music video and this is where I actually got the idea from. Um, it was a song that came in a couple of years ago, uh, Take Me to Church. Um, it had a a Russian, I, and I'm going to butcher it now because I know that it's not a ballet dancer. Right. He's a Russian dancer. Um, and, uh, you know, I always found like, like exp- you know, you're expressing yourself through dance such a powerful uh, tool and message. Uh, so I definitely this time didn't want to use any dialogue. I just wanted to do like a one take style uh, film. Um, so it it so that was always in the pipeline. I always wanted to do that. So this this opportunity came to make this this film, and I fell back on my notes and I was like, okay, cool. I have this opportunity to create this short film now, and I had about three weeks to mm. make it wow and i reached out to a couple of people um obviously i i didn't expect like the first group of people to respond to me because you know sometimes people don't understand the vision and i understand that sometimes people are a little bit afraid when they do jump into something new or they don't know someone and they have to like trust them uh you know to create something and I reached out to the elements of movement, the guys from, from the dance studio and they were super keen. They were ready. They worked out a whole entire dance routine because I gave them the brief. I was like, I want something that is expressive, something that showcases, um, power, um, uh, female, uh, empowerment and, and movement. Uh, it's like a warrior style, a dance, um, because I don't dance. I've got two left feet. 
Right. Um, I, I wouldn't be able to Look, choreograph I'm, that. I feel for you. I have a lot of empathy for you because I'm horrible <laughs> at dancing. <laughs> it's terrible. It's terrible. Uh, my wife thinks I, I dance, but I think that's just because she likes I've me. seen you dance uh, in some of your videos. Trust me, <laughs> you can dance. If you saw me dance, which you won't. It's, uh, no, my yeah. dancing is corny. <laughs> well. It's not even serious. I don't even take it serious. Uh, at, at least you can move, put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And then and then within three days, they choreographed the dance. We, 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 we recorded the dance. Um, and I used my iPhone 11. Um, I had a monopod and a gimbal, uh, and I used my anamorphic lens, and that was about it. Wow. Uh, had a couple of lights, I think, but I made use of the natural light that came into the the, the dance studio. And let me we, ask you I something, Brian, because you mentioned yeah. the gimbal as well. Um, yeah, because you were shooting the movements, right? meant that you had to create movements with your camera at the same yes. time to follow yeah. the movements and things like that. Obviously, yeah. you weren't dancing. <laughs> no. Uh, but you had to make some grand movements, you know, in order yeah. to follow these things properly and to yes. anticipate you know, for example, when they raise their arms, you have to anticipate that and when they're yes. going to bring them down because you yeah. want to be able to follow that and, uh, you know, sometimes get closer to facial expressions yes. uh, and things like that. And so the reason that I was mentioning this was because when I was young, I was using uh, young, I'm still young. Uh, younger, when I was a teenager, <laughs> I was using yep. a VHS camera and uh, I was recording flamenco dancers uh, for my parents' uh, shows, right? And I had to learn and anticipate those things with the camera, you know, when to open up, when to widen up, when to, when to um, close in, you know, and things like that. So I... I know that you had to do this with this and it's different with a smartphone. It's so much easier, right? Than with a big, large yeah. camera. Yes. Yeah. So, so with, with the, the choreographed dances and you'll see this in the behind the scenes video is that, um, I went to go visit the, the, the girls, um, during their rehearsals and that's, an opportunity for me to see what the dancers were looking like, what the, the movements were, so I could plan those kind of movements. So the day that we actually went to record, I knew exactly what I wanted to do. I knew exactly what I wanted to capture. Um, so, and, and that was part of the, the project. Uh, not only was I capturing their movements, the camera itself or the smartphone itself was part of the, the dance, part of the movement. Uh, so I didn't want to capture any static um, shots because it's boring. Uh, and it just, it's just a testament to smartphone filmmaking is that you can stick a smartphone in any little corner or you can you know, stick it on a gimbal onto a, a monopod and, and capture those kind of movements. Um, so that's why I enjoy smartphone filmmaking. There's really no, 
it's 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 really not too hard. The the only thing is you have to just be creative, and it allows you to be creative. Um, so yeah, that was that was such a beautiful opportunity to record that because I finally I finally it it's, it was one of the, the the films that I always wanted to do. Um, the lighting and in the the lighting in the video is also awesome, and because you're moving around from like you said, from one area to yeah. the other, you also had to compensate for the, the lighting somehow with that yeah. and the shadows. And it, and it was, that was natural light. Yeah, I, I know. Didn't have any, Beautiful. I didn't have any lighting uh, whatsoever. I think I did, I did have like one light in the background, uh, but I did that because I wanted to do the silhouette uh, mm. thing. Yeah. Um, but I also wanted to capture the the anamorphic lens flares. Uh, you know, that's, right. that's a favorite of mine. I love <laughs> I love shooting with an anamorphic lens. Um, simply because you don't get an the anamorphic look in you know in the native cameras of the the iPhone. So or or a, a Samsung or a Pixel. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's one lens that I appreciate. Um above everything else. So I try and shoot anamorphic as much as I can. Um, uh, even with my bigger cameras, I've got like, you know, my Sony cameras and whatever uh, other cameras I got. I, I have like uh, anamorphic adapters or, you know, and you know, the, the vintage lenses that, that, that give those. Yeah. So, cause I love, I love that because I love film. Um, and growing up watching all of my favorite films, back to the future, uh, Indiana Jones, all of those were shot in, on on anamorphic, so it just it's just it's just beautiful. So cinematic, cinematic, yeah. What is cinematic? Cinematic that, is what that, you expect a, to see in one of those films that you just mentioned. Yes, like yeah, you don't. It's a combination. You don't, you don't it's, want it's not that. Just flares. Yeah, it's, it's not, not just, just the flares, twenty-one it's, aspect ratio. It's the whole package. It's the sound. It's you know. It's everything. Yeah, but that yeah, cinematic yeah. look the, is that smooth film type yes, look. Yes. Yeah. And 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 I simply just love it, and I I I try and do that with 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 smartphone filmmaking as much as I can. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, it's yeah, it it it's definitely like I appreciate the fact that I could gather a group of people that shared in the vision. I didn't know these people. I approached them. They were keen to do it. We did a, a an exchange of agreements and they came and they arrived and within three days we recorded this thing. Um, and then I po uh, posted it in May 2023, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the... Again, I, I create these things because I'm passionate about it. I don't often do it because I want to win awards or have any sort of reactions to it. But it's amazing that, uh, that, that people across the world that, that I've befriended have all come back to me and they were like, wow, that's so beautiful. Um, you, you captured it so beautifully. The lighting, the, the sound, like you mentioned, mm -hmm. the the choreographed dances, there's no funny gimmicks, no filter, I mean, like, no, like, transition effects. It's, I just did a basic color grid. I don't even really capture that in log, to be honest with you. Mm. Um, I, 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 I just tweaked it, uh, color corrected it a little bit uh, because I wanted the pure essence of the dances. I wanted to capture the movement because the movements are all messaging. 
uh, you know, it's messages about empowerment. It's about freedom. It's about a fight. So it, it was so very important for me to capture all of it. When them. you said you didn't have to capture it in, in log format, just so that our listeners know there are apps um, that are camera apps, right, that will give you yeah. that feature. Uh, there's, a, there's a few of them now. It used to just be yeah. Filmic Pro that you could do that with, but there's a couple more now. And um, not having to do that um, is actually good news for people who who believe that unless you have that feature, unless you do that, you don't get that look, that you can't color grade something beautifully uh, in the way that, yeah. you know, when you guys watch this video, you'll understand how beautiful it looks and you'll be surprised. Yeah. I try to make the process as effortless as, as possible. Um, and I understand the need to color grade and I understand the need to record in log. But sometimes it's a lot of those things are just noise mm -hmm. a lot of the time. And people get caught up in gear and, you know, recording in 10 bit 422 ProRes, all of that. I recorded this in 8 bit on an iPhone 11 in standard color. And, you know, I have to tell you why that can be intimidating uh, when people start talking about those things that you were just mentioning. Because if someone who's listening to this, one of our listeners is listening to this, and they say, I've always wanted to be a filmmaker. I don't know that I have the patience or the education to talk about log, to talk about 10-bit, to talk about frame rates, all those things. I don't know if I can learn all that. I think that would take the fun out of the dream that I have to be a filmmaker. You know, it's yeah. like it's like being a musician. You know, I just want to be a musician. But you're telling me to learn chords and you're telling me to learn bits, you know, beats. Sorry. <laughs> you know, all these things. And I'm like, ah, now that scares me. What's really cool about mobile filmmaking is that you don't, and and this is what I, I do want you to talk about this, because I feel like it's intimidating people, and if it intimidates people, then we're going back to, you know, the whole, you might as well just get a professional camera and learn all those things to run a professional camera, right? Indeed. Indeed, yeah. Um, yeah, people just get caught up with, like, gear, and, like, if you look back at... Uh, Steven Soderbergh and, and and those guys, right? When 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 um, when they started doing mobile filmmaking, there weren't anything like shooting in log, uh, in Filmic Pro, right? It right. gave it it unlocked a lot of features that you get in your mirrorless camera, like you know setting the shutter speed and you know dropping the ISO and all of that kind of stuff. But it was still in its simplest form. Right. Yeah. And it allowed you to be as creative as possible. It opened up a lot of doors for filmmakers that didn't have the kind of access and cash to purchase the bigger stuff. But you had a vision, you had an idea, you had this passion and you wanted to create. And that's what smart film filmmaking in its purest form is for me, is that you have this tool in your pocket. Everyone says it. Mm -hmm. You have this camera that you have with you all the time. Right. Pull it out and 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 record, right? Um, and and if you start getting caught up with getting this cage 
in getting that lens and buying this iPhone, you know, every year upgrading your iPhone um, and you you got this kind of accessory and you 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 attaching this a depth of field adapter so that you can put a cinema lens on your your phone so that you can achieve you know a similar depth of field that you would get with with um you know bigger more expensive cameras then i would say that rather than buy yourself that kind of camera because at the end of the day it's not about trying to get your smartphone to look just like your your cinema camera yes it's about is about having the idea. Like once you've achi- once you've purchased all of that stuff and you spent a couple of thousand dollars on on your gear, what's the plan? <laughs> what are you going to do after you've attained all of these these things? And I think that sometimes, and I blame YouTube for this. To be honest with you, I blame social media in general because there's this this uh, you know the uh, there's actually a word for it. Uh, it is called gear. Gearheads. Ge- no, it's something <laughs> to do with. It's it's a, a basically trying to accumulate as much gear oh, as yeah, possible. Oh yeah, I just I just I think you and I probably read the same thing uh, that was on Twitter uh, not that long ago or on Threads. <laughs> Threads. Um, about that, yeah, we're on threads now. You know, yeah. Uh, Brian is on threads as well, so he's our thread, threads, bud. Threadster. Yeah, threadster. We're threaders. Threaders. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, and I think it's so important to just get back to the basics. Mm-hmm. Like, allow yourself to be creative. Don't, don't chase. I mean, I upgraded to the iPhone 14 only now. And I, and that's from an iPhone 11. Um, and I did a, a, a side-by-side comparison video on, on my Instagram asking people, can they tell the difference? And I, I posted it on, on, um, on my uh, uh, TikTok as well. And people just kept on saying, I can't see the difference. Like in good lighting uh conditions i mean like the 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 upgrades are are tiny are different and i think we get caught up on you know prores 48 megapixels uh 24 millimeter focal length and all of that nonsense sometimes it's just noise and you should not uh you know get caught up in that and and it doesn't even necessarily have to be an iPhone. Like, come on. Like, there's so many other brands out there that came up with, like, different, uh, like, budget option cameras. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, smartphones that are amazing. That are fantastic. Yeah, from my film festival, which, by the way, you you have been in my film festival. Um, we're still waiting to see you in San Diego. Uh, where it made snow, no, <laughs> um, but um, I think I'll bring the snow. Yeah, uh, the freedom video that you did. What was that one called? Finding freedom. Finding freedom. Yes. Uh, one of my favorite videos that you've done up until you made this one, of course. Um, no, but I think what I really liked about that video was the message and the way that you put that together. 
and the story behind yeah. that video as well. But what I'm trying to say, what I'm getting to here is that uh, usually Brian, just like what he was just talking about, he had this idea, he had this story, basically, that he wanted to tell. And he wanted to, you know, create that story with a video. Yeah. And you've done that with all your videos. You don't go out there and say, well, I'm going to create a video because I've got this stuff. You basically say, I want to create this video. And then the stuff is the tool that you use to to create it with. Yes. And that's the step how it should be. The first step is, you know, when I was uh, doing presenta a presentation at Comic-Con one year, I said, you know, what is the first thing, you know, I'm talking about mobile filmmaking, right? And I said, what is the first thing that you have to do? And people were shouting, you know, uh, get your camera, uh, turn, turn uh, you know, load your battery, uh, put it on airplane mode, all these things. And I said, no, you need a story. And everybody just went, wow. And they laughed because it sounded so simple and so obvious at the same time. But it's the thing that people forget. And all those answers were just part of that point that I was trying to make. You're thinking about all this other stuff and you're not thinking about the main thing, the story. Yeah. And and the thing is, I don't, I'm, I'm not saying that like there's a whole entire industry with smartphone filmmaking, right? And there's <laughs> yes. a lot of tools. There's a lot of tools that you have access to. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't get those tools, but those tools should be with intent. If you're yeah. going to get yourself an anamorphic lens, like I, I love it and I created all of my films, yeah. my short films with an anamorphic lens because I enjoy the look. Um, so... But so it was part of if, your vision to get that look. Exactly. So if you are going to attain stuff, it should be practical. It should be, it should get you closer to your goal. Mm -hmm. So I'm not saying you shouldn't do it. I'm just saying that you should always do it with intent. Also, I think what we're also really trying to say is don't get obsessed with the gear so much so that you forget about your vision because I, I, I've, you have a vision for your story and you want to you want to create that story with what you have first. Yes. You know, if you need to go and get something to make that happen, then go get that one thing, you know. Um, but I know, I mean, you and I know that things that happen sometimes are on one side you're going, well, it's good enough because this is what I've got. And all of a sudden, what comes from the vision that you had is not what you end up creating. It's much less because you're working around what you feel like, well, it's good enough considering, right, that I'm using this. Where on the other side, at the other end of the spectrum, my vision is this, but now... I've got all these tools available to me. I go on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or wherever I go, TikTok, and people are talking about this and that. And now all of a sudden I have so many tools that, yeah, your vision is great, 
and you could probably make it with like 500 tools that you just got, but you're not going to get to make it because now all you're doing is experimenting and learning these tools. Yeah, you, you sometimes get caught up in, in all of that. And sometimes it's, it's completely unnecessary. It's going down the rabbit hole. Yeah. So, all right. How did you do the sound? Because I, I need to know that because the sound was just epic. <laughs> uh, so it was all in, in the mixing of, of everything. Um, so let me just remember what I did. Uh, now, did you, ca- you captured it externally, right? Um, the sound? Mm-hmm. Um, no. I, it, it, I didn't, uh, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Uh, so the, the gimbal that I used didn't have the ability for me to uh, attach an external mic. Um, and that's because the gimbal, the, the phone sits flush against the, 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 the gimbal uh, motor. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I couldn't, I couldn't attach anything externally. So what I did was, um, I captured it through, through the iPhone. Um, and for some reason it just worked out. Um, I did do some mixing in post-production. So you uh, captured now what I was aiming to when I said externally was like you used a sound recorder of some sort. Um, but you were, you're saying that you used the internal microphone that comes with the iPhone. Yeah. Wow. And that's on the 11, huh? That's the 11. Um, uh, and, and the reason why I did that is again, I tried to bring as little gear with me as possible. So I was taking a risk. I always tell people that listen here, when you're doing sound recording, you must always have like redundant sound. Mm-hmm. Always make sure that you've got one or two additional recordings so that if your main recording uh, audio fails, at least you have a backup. And I always advise that. But in this case, <laughs> I went completely against my own advice uh, because I tried to keep it as simple as possible. I needed to record it as quick as possible. I only had that day. But um, you recorded some uh, sound bites from the performers. Yes, I, but yeah, so there I had, so for the behind the scenes, I I had like a little floppy external microphone, you know, the the dead cat on it, you know, those budget, you know, audio recorders. Yeah. uh, Shotgun ones. Um, So yeah, for for their dialogue and stuff, when I was interviewing them, yes, I, I, I did use an external recorder okay um because i was that, just for flipping the, out for a second there uh brian i was going yeah, wow for the for the, <laughs> for the actual performance the sound that you hear there yeah the, that the that b-roll that right what, yeah yeah the, so well it's not b-roll i mean it's actually just the, your, the, the, your, the actual performances yeah right it's your your natural sound yes yeah it's the ambient the ambient ambient sound, sound so, yes yeah. I'm going so by that that notes when an editing script you put nat sound. You know what I'm talking about. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um so yeah, so for the behind the scenes, yes, I did I did reuse a recorder for that, uh to capture that. Uh but that was also in camera. That wasn't an external recorder mm-hmm. as well. So I that I was I was doing so it was an the external form. microphone, but still Yeah. 
plugged in. Yeah. yeah. So I did that because, again, I was trying uh, one man film crew. There was no one there to help me. I I had to set up everything. So having to carry all of that stuff with you, I tried to keep it as simple as possible um, to achieve the goal. I used to do it a lot in video production. I used to be the not the one man, but the one woman, right? Uh, film yep. crew where I would go out. But, of course, it wasn't a smartphone, and it was pounds of gear, That I, you know, including a tripod and, um, you know, either a Sony or a Canon camera uh, on top. And I'm not talking about the DSLRs, um, but I know what you're talking about. (laughs) You just have to, it's a mindset because you're setting all these things up and you have to test them and make sure things are working while people are right there waiting for you to capture them. Yes. And you almost have to go into that zone. It takes, um, yeah, it's not easy. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it, I try to make it as less uh, of a job to try and set up everything and, you know, just get going. I think the only thing that I, that I really brought with me was a couple of lights. Yeah. Um, and... And that was because, yeah, I wanted to, I wanted to have like a, a, a silhouette uh, look, um, and I could only achieve that with a very, very powerful light. Um, and yeah, I had, I had my behind-the-scenes camera set up to record that, and I had the the phone and the gimbal and the monopod. Wow. And that's it. Um, and that's because I enjoy making it. I enjoy, I don't want to think about it. And I think it's because of my ADHD, which I recently found out I had ADHD. Um, um, and, 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 and it makes sense because I'm, I'm trying to keep, I'm trying to keep things, uh, as simple as possible. So I don't have to think too much and I can just allow myself to feel the moment, experience the, you know, the, the, the process of recording a, a film um and it's it's therapeutic i was just darn it that was the exact word i was just gonna say it's therapeutic therapeutic yes, yes. yeah and, and and that's why i enjoy making smart film film and, and it's a I bit like meditation in a way you're in that zone right yes because you're yeah focused on that one thing and you're doing it well and that's the cool thing about the the phone. Yes. You're looking through a window. I call it a window because you know that when you're recording on other cameras, what you see is not always what you get. That's why it's important to set up all these other settings and things, you know, like zebra stripes and all that stuff. Right. Um, But with a phone camera, you're looking at the screen and you're looking at what's at the other end. It's like a, it's like a window, and it it's 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 like ah, oh, you know, look how beautiful that looks. And you're all there with it. You are one with <laughs> with it. Yes. <clears throat> yeah, I like I like the the. The fact that a lot of the stuff is instant, so you can record it and review it immediately. Yeah. Um, 
I, I just made sure that my exposure was set, set properly uh, and the white balance was set properly. But other than that, most of the settings were standard. And yeah. Focus? Lock focus? Uh, did I? No. It wasn't, focus wasn't locked. I usually no, I do, do because, especially when there's movement. Yeah. Yeah, but that's that's also the fantastic thing about but 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 using an iPhone because there isn't much of you know depth of field uh, because of the the tiny sensors. So um, the, the the focus there was never a, a, a time that it went out of focus. Um, yeah, and yeah, I think I think yeah, I didn't set focus at all. Uh, so I, I was just letting the, the, the phone do its thing. I had like a, a second phone, my little iPhone 6S, and I used that as a I monitor. I love that one. Because, because obviously with the, with the phone being up in the air on the, the monopod, yeah. um, you know, I obviously couldn't see, I couldn't frame. So I needed like a, a second device to, to monitor. So I, was, I, I had the, the monopod under my arm, while I was holding the iPhone 6S uh, to, to obviously frame it correctly. <laughs> and, uh, with the remote? I was, yes. Okay. Yeah, with the remote function. So, so I was able to then obviously see what they were doing from that angle and, and just move accordingly. So yeah, that was the other thing that I had out of little, my old iPhone 6S. I like the success though. Yeah. You know, it's 6S sounds like success. Yes. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, so yeah, it it was a lot of fun, and you know, I I often often encourage people to. You know, so, how did you mix the sound? So, give it, share some tricks with us so that um, we could do the same. Not me, but I mean, with our listeners, so that they could do the same thing. Yeah. Well. So so I so I edit my stuff in DaVinci Resolve. I actually use the free one. I haven't I haven't paid for it because I feel that the free one is it's so It's fine. It, it's loaded. It's it does so much. Um and and what I love about it it has a multi-track um audio editor. Yeah. Um that has like a lot of like free plugins that you can use. Um to, to do the mixing so i i just made sure that i isolated the sound so if there was any noise in my audio i just like used a like a noise canceller to clean that up and it's just like a multi-band uh, compressor and a limiter and i used a a stereo uh what's it called stereo expander type thing okay just yeah. to open up the sound a little bit can't remember what it's called. Compression? Um uh no, it's like a it's like a, a it's a stereo um basically it just opens up the the the, the frequencies and, and pans everything correctly to left and right so that it just opens up a little bit more. Can't remember what it's called. But it's like all the standard stuff within DaVinci Resolve. Um I don't use any fancy plugins whatsoever. Um I just made sure that my my levels were balanced. Um, so I obviously mixed uh, each and every individual track um, and just listened to it all the time. And I think that's that's what most sound engineers actually do. 
Um, it's, very it's just like te- but it's like te- yeah. testing it on a set of headphones or testing it on monitors, speakers. Yeah, it's just mixing it out and just trial and error um, using some of my uh, 20-year knowledge of being a sound engineer. And half of these things I forgot. Like, I'm going to be honest with you. Like, I, I graduated like a couple of years ago um, and I just found my, my sound engineer, uh, uh, we called it the sound engineer Bible because it's <laughs> like a ton of like information of like how to do like obviously be a sound engineer for live sound and studio sound and all of that. Yeah. And I, and it, it's amazing how many of that stuff I forgot. Uh, and a lot of the stuff I'm doing is stuff that I've learned over the years and, and I've applied, you know, using my ear to listen, um, because I understand frequencies a little bit better now. Uh, so yeah, so it, a lot of the stuff that I do is out of instinct. And I think I, I always tell my wife, but I, it comes I from experience for it. It's the same thing with, with shooting stuff. Um, yeah. if you practice and practice and practice before you know it, you don't have to pay attention to all those details. You just do it. I work with audio every day of my life. Yep. I, I'm a voice over actor. Um, and I do radio production and stuff like that. So I I basically work with audio every single day. So it it it's, it comes naturally because I've I've got so much practice to do it. That happens to me with video. It's being able to chop things up, select what's good, throw away what's bad. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And put things together yes. and assembling it on a timeline. Yeah. You know, uh, being able to edit on the action. Uh, the juxtaposition of different shots and things like that where I can do yeah. it fast because I did it for so many years all day long. Yeah. you It, it becomes second nature after a while. Yeah. Tell me about your BTS, your behind the scenes video because so you were talking about being a one, one person, you know, production and while you're doing the production work, you're filming behind the scenes, like a little mini documentary, basically. Yeah. That's quite a challenge. Yeah, because your your mind shifts uh, between the actual recording that you're doing for the video uh, as well as filming for for the the behind the scenes. So I just I just set up my my little pocket size. Uh, uh, camera as well as my my uh, mirrorless camera uh, I set them up uh, on a tripod and I just hit record and I would just like momentarily go and see if it's still recording <laughs> <laughs> uh, because I still have an old a7 III uh, uh, Sony camera that has a 30 minute record limit so then I have to go every 30 minutes to go hit record again. Oh, uh, I see, yeah. So luck- luckily I had like two 100 and 128 gigabyte uh, SD cards in there. So I had enough uh, space, space to record. Uh, and my little pocket size camera needs external power because after like 45 minutes that dies. So, so I, I had that on a, a, a charging brick. Um, so yeah, so I had to like between takes, I would just go to see if it's still recording. Uh, and then you were and doing then, your own, you were doing your, your selfie takes. 
you know? Yes. So I was, yeah, so I was vlogging. Yeah. That's what they call. So I was vlogging just to update. Um, <laughs> vlogging for everybody out there now is now called selfie takes. <laughs> selfie takes. <laughs> That's what you can say. Susie invented a new way of calling vlogging selfie takes. Selfie takes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So so the thing is, I it, when when I do stuff like that, I really want to give people a sense of like what it looks like behind the scenes mm -hmm. uh so i think i did that with like all my videos um where i did bts because it's like it's it's a it's a great um resource for any filmmaker to have to see what it looked like from behind the scenes because it might look cinematic in the the final product and it looks brilliant it's color graded it it's got filters it's got everything you know it's it's cinematic yeah uh <laughs> but it's not as glamorous as the final product. I mean, you still have to work to get it to that point. So it's nice to have like a bit of a behind the scenes video. Oh, come just on. To like Steven Spielberg, right? Uh, Indiana Jones. Every one of those films always has behind the scenes. But I actually worked one of the first times I was working on a film project where I was told that, you know, hey, could, do you mind recording behind the scenes stuff? You know, so there's always that. A lot of people forget about that, but it's it's important because later you go, oh, we only have the finalized video. It's really cool if everybody, you know, if I could show people what it took to put that together. Yeah. Yeah, it's super important because it gives you a sense of what people have to go through to create stuff. Um, and it's a lot of time. It's a lot of effort. And if you've got the budget for it, it's a lot of man and woman power uh, to get stuff done. And as much as smartphone filmmaking is often a solo project because of budget constraints, it does take a, a community of creators to 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 make something happen. Mm -hmm. um, and it and and it's always always great if you can collaborate with with like-minded creators. Um, so yeah, the behind the scenes just gives you a sense of of what it takes to make a film. Well, definitely, and a lot of filmmakers as well. Um, they kind of, you know, they're artists, right? So they look at it. They don't. Their perspective when they're looking at their finished work is always like, "It's not really finished. I could still do this and make it better." And sometimes you just need to see your own behind the scenes to realize, well, you know what? I really did work pretty hard on this, you know, to pat your own self in the back sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's what I appreciate with the, the ones that I have, because I, I often go and I look back and I'm like, wow, I didn't know anything about filmmaking before 2020. Right. <laughs> I don't know what an ISO was. I don't know what shutter speed was. I don't know what an aperture was. Right. And, you know, by the grace of 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 a shutdown, uh, because of a virus, I had an opportunity to finally settle down and learn something new. Uh, and and smartphone filmmaking was it because I was it was accessible. I had the knowledge, I had the understanding in front of me for free. You know, there was a lot of um, 
you know, creators that were creating YouTube videos. Uh, I attended uh, the Mobile Filmmaking Summit, which was a free thing because, I mean, we all were locked down. Yeah. We're and during put the that link time, to that episode, by the way, because you talked about all that stuff. That was when we had uh, our podcast with you, where we met. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And 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 2020, I th- that's where I learned as much as I could. I absorbed as much information as possible. And look, three years later, I <laughs> I'm making films. Um, and yeah, it's. So you're not doing you're not doing the sound engineer stuff now. No, that's my day job. The yeah. day job is a, a audio engineer, sound engineer, voice actor. Um, I create a lot of uh, audio productions on a daily basis. Um, so that's the day job. Uh, so I'm still very much in that. Still passionate about sound um, because it's theater of the mind. Yeah, the I remember that's right. You said that in the in the last one. You've said that a few times to me. The theater of the mind. The theater of the mind. Yeah, it was. Um, you know, we in the courses that I took in in media communications, audio was one of them, and and that was the exact same term that they used as well. Yeah, and 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 that's why a lot of uh, in, in post production, um, you know. As, sound engineers and um what they call sometimes foley engineers Mm -hmm. they i mean like you've seen it like in like behind the scenes where they record like uh walking sound effects or like slashing sound effects or like the horror like sound effects in post-production yeah and they they mix that together so a lot of the stuff is not captured in camera like even some of the dialogues are like redubbed yeah like after like the movie is done because piecing the story together audio plays a massive role in in creating a a film the the holistic experience that you get yeah um yeah so so yeah i i think that's why filmmaking or a smartphone filmmaking for me was so easy because i already had that knowledge of of understanding how to 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 do recordings because a lot of the stuff that i do for radio like i said theater of the mind is basically movies for for audio yeah, the old radio shows, remember yeah. that they were they were movies, right? Basically, but they were yeah. performed live on radio. No, yeah. no video, no cameras. It was just them in front of microphones, reenacting yes. a scene. You know, like a play, like reading a play. But then they were yes. doing all the all the sound effects right there with cowbells and sticks and yes. spoons and whatever it yeah. took. Yeah, and that's that's my background. So, yeah, just putting a picture in front of that was just like the, the the icing on the cake. That is so cool. <laughs> We're having such a cool conversation here. Um, yeah, because I I just think that's fascinating. You know, um, I mean, on the video, it's a lot of work. Don't get me wrong. Uh, just being behind the camera, capturing everything. But I just think during post production. I think video is part of the ingredients, you know, that you have to capture, just like, you know, the audio, the dialogue and all those things. But I think it's really you're really cooking when you do the post-production. Yeah. Because mixing, right? (laughs) Yep. Mixing the ingredients. (laughs) Yep. 
Yeah. And uh, that's exactly what what happens. Yeah. So you were so you were using um, so you used Da Vinci for everything then because they have the color grading, they have the audio, it, they also have like motion effects and things like that that you can do there. Yeah, I haven't even touched on a lot of those things to be honest with you um, because I switched from from Adobe Premiere over to DaVinci Resolve. Yeah. Uh, and it's a different kettle of fish uh, in terms of the steep learning curve. Oh my for, God, for I know. DaVinci. So, so yeah, I, I just basically learned the basics. Uh, what I love about DaVinci Resolve is that I was able to customize my shortcut keys. And because I use Pro Tools a lot for audio production, I just set up my Pro Tools uh, shortcut keys. Mm. Um, and when I do my editing, I'm actually editing the audio uh, in, 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 the, in the timeline. So I, I go to the audio. And I edit the audio, and then I see what it looks like on on the the, the visuals. So that's that's my editing technique. Uh, I actually edit the audio itself. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. Uh. So yeah, steep learning curve. So I haven't even touched like a lot of the the effects that you can do in DaVinci Resolve. But I love the fact that, that it's a, a, a you know it's a in-house you don't have to go external to to mix anything or create effects or anything like that i like the fact that everything is is in one software and it's just part of my my goal of minimalist filmmaking or sound recording because i don't like too much stuff well do you have anything else that you'd like to share uh, not really. I, I just, uh, you know, I was looking forward to this conversation with you. I haven't had, you know, haven't spoken in a while and just catching up. Um, I feel that uh, as a, a, a filmmaker, I've, I've matured since the last yes. time we spoke. Um, and yeah, I, I'm just very grateful and, and, you know, that I have this privilege of, of creating stuff. And, and people get to watch it and enjoy it. I sometimes don't, like I said in the beginning of the podcast, I don't often do things for reaction, but I do appreciate that there is this massive community of like-minded smartphone filmmakers that that show appreciation. Um, like one thing that I've noticed about the smartphone uh, community, smartphone filmmaking community, is like no one has egos. Well, are you still able to talk to your wife about mobile filmmaking, by the way? She loves it. Okay. My wife is, <laughs> she, she, we, we talk about it all the time. We've got ideas together. Because I remember the last episode, you were like, I know, she, she gets tired of me talking about it all the time. No, my wife has been such a, <laughs> uh, a, a pillar in, in my life uh, because once she started seeing that these 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 you know the the end result yeah of 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 the films yeah and she was like wow you did that with a phone <laughs> um she's into it she know i think i'm going to start using her on set as my my you know the second camera person <laughs> to I, record stuff um because I my encourage wife is, her to do it yeah, she's very into it. Um, very supportive. Um, 
and yeah she's also matured since the last time we spoke um and, and your son it. your eldest son he just graduated right so yeah he's 19 yeah. so uh, I, I, i shot a, a little young music video with him the other day nice. um so yeah i mean like yeah it's it's i'm i'm privileged that i have like access to like you know my, my own immediate family uh that are also creators um you know, i can do stuff with them um and pass on that knowledge to 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 the next generation in my family you have the uh, you have them on instagram the olsons or something right yeah m- meet the olsons meet yeah the olsons. that was a little <laughs> yeah that was a little thing that we started uh as a family because you know we often have these interesting conversations <laughs> <laughs> and 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 funny enough people started finding that funny and yeah. you were like okay let's you have post a very spunky a little daughter your youngest daughter oh my god uh, she's so cute yeah yeah alessandra she she's such a such a very <laughs> energetic uh five year old yes um and it, yeah it's fantastic man i you know the thing is i like i said i've got my day job and i'm grateful for that and you know smartphone filmmaking is is a creative outlet for me um yeah so the, the i think in 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 my initial conversation that i had with you before we you know d- did the recording uh when we were setting up i told you that um that i'm working on something so it's 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 been about 2 years in the making um it's it's going to be my first long form video uh i think a lot of people are they refer to it as a feature film but i mean it's not really a feature film but it's going to be like a like long form i'm aiming about 15 to 20 minutes um yeah that's not it's still a short film yeah it's still a short film and um uh, again the idea is to to have um uh you know like a minimalist crew uh to tell the story um but but it's going to be it's 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 it it, it comes back to my background because i i grew up in a very religious household um oh you know, so i remember it, yes yeah so i grew up in a very religious household so god and christianity and stuff like that was a very important part in my upbringing for you know especially for my family um i'm not as religious as my my family but you know i do have a a strong spiritual connection with, with side yes i do i you know i'm not religious but you know i you know i still try and keep myself grounded uh spiritually mm-hmm. um so the film comes from like a lot of misconceptions from religion right um and it 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 puts into question a, a couple of things uh it it kind of humanizes god in a sense <laughs> uh and i know people don't like that because you know some people might consider it to be blasphemous but the story is more along the lines of of like you know there's this there's this this entity and there's a uh, certain information that has come uh you know to you know in into fruition and uh what what is the reaction going to be so it it follows this 
this this character uh, who goes onto this journey, and there's a lot of obstacles in the way, and basically uh, the establishment is trying to keep it hush oh. because they don't want the greater uh, human race to realize that there's this thing. So, so I'm, this I'm is speaking truly very, a narrative film, huh? Yeah. So, nice. so yeah, it's a narrative film. Um, it has a, a a beginning, middle, and an end, um, and um, it's it's actors. it's going to be it's good. Yeah, we're going to have actors in in the film. Uh, I'm still looking for my main character. Uh, I still have not found the right person that I feel could embody this character. Um, and um, yeah, and I've got the location already. I've got, I, th- I think I've got about two or three locations where I've envisioned where I want to shoot this. So it's just basically putting everything together and, and start shooting it. Uh, I mean, I've been writing the script for about two years. Wow. Um, so I'm very excited to, to, to finally get this done. Um, but I'm also not pushing myself. I'm not putting myself under pressure to create it. Um, I'm hoping this is going to be my Sistine Chapel. It's going to be my my Mona Lisa. <laughs> uh, and um, yeah, we'll see what happens after that. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, this, is, this is again another passion project that I'm looking forward to, to making. And Do you need um, uh, collaborators or anything like that? Um, I haven't even gotten to that point yet. To be honest with you, I'm still in the planning phase. I'm still finalizing scripting and all of that, um, and it's just purely having to make time for it. Um, yeah, because found once you're ready to go in production, that's when the pressure comes because you can't have people involved and just kind of waiting. Yes. Yeah. So so yeah, it's 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 on me to make it happen. Um, and I should just try to be less busy because <laughs> sometimes we we people that are busy being busy all the time. And then, you know, we don't make time for, for, for stuff like that. So I really, really, really want to like put time aside to actually make it. It's going to take, take about six weeks to make, uh, I figured. Um, so I, I need to get actors and, and production crew that are willing to commit for six, six weeks. Well, that's why I was thinking, you know, because since we're talking about this in the podcast, maybe some of our listeners out there in in the area, where are you in South Africa? You said Johannesburg or? So jo- Johannesburg, yeah. Um, but the landscape in South Africa is so, so tiny. I mean, people from Cape Town and Durban, they, I mean, it's, it's accessible. So I'm actually going to shoot in multiple multiple locations. To be honest with you, uh, I've like one of the locations that I've identified is at the coast. So nice. if someone is in in the KwaZulu Natal Durban area that's listening, um, if you're keen to partner uh, on the project, maybe we can touch base and start talking about it. Yeah. Uh, because the the location is it's about six hours from Johannesburg, so it's not it's not that far. Wow. Um, and uh, yeah, there will be food and accommodation. Right. Pizza and yeah. Pepsi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, no. That I'll feed you and I'll, I'll give you a bid to go. rest your And head. credit. And, um, and, cre- and credit and, and yeah. Uh, and well. Compensation. Uh, look, Brian is very well connected. 
<laughs> I mean, come on. Well, that sounds fantastic. That sounds exciting. I'm excited. You know, I follow you and I'll stay on top of it and we'll have you back on when you're knee deep into your production. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. We'll wait for you to finish and, it. <laughs> and, 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 and the fact that I put it out there now, I have to do it now. Oh, you have I, to. Yeah. It's like everybody knows about it. Hey, Brian is making his... Uh, the whole world his, is listening. His, <laughs> his Mona Lisa and he has to finish the painting. <laughs> like that Mona Lisa song. Um, yeah. In the meantime, for people who don't want to read the notes, but you guys, the notes are right there. <laughs> um, what what are your follow? Because um, you uh, have the several. The hashtags yeah. and... Yeah, and and my my handles. Yeah. yeah, it's at Brion Olson. So it's Brion Olson. It's B R I O N N E O L S E N. Uh, on everything. Yeah. Uh, Instagram, Twitter. There's only one Brion uh, Olson, and that's you. The only Brion Olson that does smartphone filmmaking, <laughs> and the. Like the very few that that uh, smartphone filmmakers from South Africa. Yes. So. All right. So Brian Olson, with two N's, uh, yeah. on Instagram, on Twitter. Are you on Facebook too? Yeah, I don't like Facebook. Oh, that's right. You are. We're I'm connected on Facebook. I'm so sorry. Yeah. I, I don't, yeah, I'm, I'm a, not really crazy about Facebook either. I don't pay attention to a lot of stuff on Facebook. <laughs> be honest with you uh but yeah i'm also on facebook um instagram twitter tiktok, TikTok uh threads threads um yeah all right brian have a wonderful weekend what a great way you to start too. it yeah amazing man thank you so much for inviting me on the podcast again it was fantastic to have a conversation with you and, you know, hopefully the next time we have a chat, you know, we, I've got a couple of more films in the bag um, and maybe this conversation could happen uh, in your neck of the woods uh, eventually when I do get to San Diego at some point in time. Woohoo! I'm hopeful for that. That sounds exciting. And so does your new film. And seriously, I wish you the very best with that film. Uh, thank you so much. All right. Say goodbye to our listeners. Okay, everybody, thank you so much for listening and uh, until next time.